Well, I'm not running to the chapel. I'm listening to Sean Geek Podcast on seanmckinsey.ca. Do it now! item you that you fit these in almost like a cup holder in your car yeah but have it for your table so that you don't be knocking drinks over how many times have have you know do you have animals you have dogs they wag their tail you pretty much clean off the whole coffee table right Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you have something like that with a a a rubber bottom so it doesn't slide a rubber bottom enough so that like a rubber bottom that to, to sit on a table but then at least when you you know if it tips over, you've got enough on top of it to, to hold on to the bottle. Like a, you know how a beaker has a wider base? Like a beaker? Uh, yes. Beaker yes. Like this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like this thing here. Yeah. It's got a, it's got the, so this is a good Tigo. This is a, the, whatchamacallit brand. Uh, what are they called? From Costco? Costco. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's got the dividend and then there's an extra hole in the middle. You can't really see it here, but well, that's like those. Have you ever seen those wine bottles that have the hole in the middle and they go like halfway up the bottle? Yeah. So, how many liters is supposed to be in that bottle? Because when you start screwing around with the bottle and push the middle up, now you've got less area for your liquid. So they're charging you the same amount. Speaking of liquid, what do you? What do you? What's? Uh, what are you drinking there? Kraken. The Kraken. I don't know. I was stressed out today. I don't know why today stressed me out. How does, uh, how does my mic sound now? I feel like my mic sound is better. Uh, yeah, it seems to be fine. Like now I don't have the big thing my Bob here. Oh, right. You took that off. But yeah, I, I saw get closer to the mic. That's what I like. Cause I, usually I was about here, but now I'm here. I, I feel, I, I feel like I sound warmer. Warmer. Could, could could be warmer. Welcome to Winnipeg Radio 101.5 FM. Today on the show, we have Fast Fret Fingers, an accomplished guitar player for the band Mitoma. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, so I think we should uh, we've already started. I'll whatever, we can intro it later, but anyway, um I think we should start off with an Uncle Mike joke. Because we were kind of talking about that yesterday, Uncle Mike. Really me, yeah, it really got me laughing. The but the what the <laughs> the, the food one, the food one. Did you, do you remember it? Are you able to do your best, Uncle Mike? Uh, well, no, my mom did it, so I, it's it'll be translated already once. So we'll, we'll see. He says, you know, you know, when you you put stuff in your mouth, and then it 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 goes down in your throat, and then you and you swallow it. And the people are looking at you going, yeah, <laughs> it's like, okay, that's uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. He dragged, he dragged that story out good too. Cause like his, his comedy was always like built on like the buildup. Should have been a comedian. Should oh, have been, he, he, he did prepare just perfect. Like you'd close your eyes and you'd swear he was in the room, you know, just, just the way he did it. But uh, I remember you, when you I do a good prepare. Uh, no, no, I, don't, I actually, I don't think I've ever really tried a whole lot but 
Yeah, he. Uh, but but Mike's uh, usual comment to me was, uh, "Get a haircut, you long-haired freak." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So long-haired yeah. freak. Yeah. So that was uh, that was what I remember. Well, he used to say that uh, he was talking about going to um, I can't remember where somewhere in New Brunswick, and he'd go, "When you gotta go down there, and then you gotta take a sharp turn." The sharp, sharp the sharp turn yeah sharp turn yeah god what a comedian he was so funny yeah we, like when's the last time you talked to him it's been forever for me oh my god uh this was probably <sighs> well it was it was when probably when dad was still around so it oh was and, and it was years before that. that i think it may have been uh I think saw him when we were at when I went down to New Brunswick. I'm literally going to text him right now. Like went to New Brunswick one year, and I think we went to visit my aunt Patsy, and I think he came down for a visit. And that's probably the last. Oh, time. Okay. that was probably the last time. This this was what 2002. How do you spell Monsieur? Monsieur Monsieur. M S S E I E R. No, that's Messier. Mark Messier. M- well, what's M-O-S-M-O-N- Monsieur. Oh, yeah. S-I-E-R. Yeah. Yeah, we don't use our French very, very much no. anymore. And I think our uh, our um, our accents are not the same. Uh, they've they've changed over the years. Uh, yeah, I, I think they've so, changed a little bit there. Little yeah, bit. I'm just te- I'm literally texting your Uncle Mike right now. Yeah. Although. If you go to New Brunswick and visit everyone, when you come back, you start talking the same way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. We'll see if he responds and we'll get this like live on, on the air. I, I'd love to have Mike on the show. That'd be pretty cool. So, cool. The, oh, yeah. The one thing I was supposed to recommend. Um, let's see if I can now, is this a show, a movie, a gadget? What? Music. Oh, that I'm going to recommend? Yeah. What's, it's it? it's the book we talked about it yesterday, but I kind of wanted to talk about it on air. Oh, okay. Um, so Jason Murray. Oh, the book, yes, yeah. Now, w- w- interesting enough, our cousin Jason Murray. So this is Mike, the Mike's son. He's a, he's an author. He's published a book. Um, the Jason Murray that comes up is not the Jason Murray. Founder of Black Box Recordings. I'm sure that's not him. Trim Technician. <laughs> How do you apply for something like that? <laughs> Litigator and lawyer. Okay. Uh, what, the, uh, what the hell was his name of his book? Uh, Eric. It's Trip. There we go. Oh, okay, here we go. I'm going to see if I can find it. Where can you buy it? Uh, I bought mine on Amazon, but um, but I think I bought the last copy. Oh, Munkter. Oh, what's this? Ooh, what's this? I think I found yeah. a good article here. So anyway, so our cousin Jason. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, there's a picture. Oh, wow. Something called Atlantic uh, AtlanticBooks.ca. Atlantic. Yeah. There's a uh, Moncton writer's trip. 
An MFA in creative nonfiction helped Jason Murray publish a book about indie rockers, Eric Strip. Oh my God, this is like an interview with him. God damn, that's cool. You have to throw the link up for that. Yeah, I'll th throw the link. And there's a nice picture, which is the picture on the back of the book, which is him playing bass. Ah. Um, but anyway, he's so he's um he's a teacher. He's got a degree or two. Let's see. He just finished his B.ed. What's that? Uh, bachelor's of, Bachelor of education. education. Um, Humber College. He did something through Humber College. King's MFA. I don't know. But anyway, he wrote this book called a, so the book is called the distorted. Sorry, I'm all over the place here. So the book is called the distorted revolution. Jason Murray's the author. You can get it on Amazon. Um, and then you can also get it straight from the publisher, which is, I was looking into the publisher. They do a lot of maritime books. Is it, is it on bytetundron.ca or? Nimbus Publishing. That's what it is. Nimbus Publishing. So you can contact Nimbus Publishing. N-I-M-B-U-S. N-I-M-B-U-S. Yep. Would you actually read it, Todd? I know you're not much of a reader, but would you actually read this book? You know what? I, if if Jason wrote it, I would probably read it. If okay, it's someone then. I know that 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 wrote it, then uh, I would read it. Otherwise, I it's like, well, who's this person? Yeah. Who's that person? So yeah, definitely. What's interesting because like I don't know a lot of these bands, right? Like I I don't like. So he wrote basically. So here's the uh, see if I can blow it up here. Well, it'd be different. It would be the same thing if Sam, you know was doing the same thing and someone from new brunswick was there well i don't know any of the bands in, in manitoba but he knows you know yeah so if these are all if these are all maritime bands then then that's uh oh wow there's wow oh wait what the hell is this ian gormley wrote okay this is pretty cool so this was covered in oh exclaim have you heard of exclaim magazine it's like a newspaper that you pick up at the liquor store or at like uh, the HMVs. It was like that free paper you could pick up. Okay. Newspaper. They wrote an article on, uh, on the book. Oh, cool. So the book's called the distorted revolution, how Eric strip changed music, Moncton and me. So I've been wanting to buy it for a while, but I was hoping to get a signed copy. Cause I mean, Hey, I'm proud of the guy. Like he put a freaking book out. Like it's not, that's not a minor accomplishment at all. Oh. It's a major accomplishment. Exactly. And I was hoping that we were going to hook up with him at some point, but now, nah, you know what, things just don't always work out. So, but um, anyway, so what are you going to say? Oh, no, I was going to say, I mean, we've got tons of cousins out there that we we probably haven't talked to since we moved. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, even before then. So it's like, yeah, we haven't really kept in touch with, uh, with all of the family. We almost feel like we're not Maritimers anymore, you know, in some ways. Well, yeah, it's like a, it's like a different chapter in a book, yep. but we're not even in the same chapter of the book anymore. We switched books. Yeah, so, it does, it, book. so, so it almost seems like it's, it's another world. Yep. Like, like anybody out there who's grown up in one city and has moved and, and hasn't really had much contact from when they grew up. It's almost like, okay, you had this chapter. Okay, it, now it's just kind of like a dream. Okay, you know when you have a dreams and you go, yep. oh, it's a memory of a dream that that's what that was my life at that point. Yeah, 
and now it's it's because it's so uh disconnected from there it just almost seems like a whole different uh thing although I'd, i would like to go back probably in the next you know year or so yeah um, i've been i've been jonesing for it too yeah i mean it's going to be different though it, it, we're going to go back and th- there's going to be a lot of things that just are not the same well even just the landscape i mean just just to the point where we left like we left what 87 mm-hmm. and you know you see the pictures of 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 Shiriakse then and now Shadyac, by the way, is where we grew up. That was our hometown. It's not a shitty act. It is Shadyac. Shadyac, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So when you, you look at the, the pictures, the before and the now, and the now is actually probably 10 years ago, but yeah. still it, it's, it's night and day. Like we had, what restaurant was it? Um, Gould's Fish and Chip. Gould. And I think, yeah. and I think we had uh, Pizza Delight. And then there was another pizza place. And I think that was probably the extent of it. There was a couple yeah. of, couple of other restaurants. Well, there was the Fisherman's, Par- Fisherman's Paradise. Yeah. Like all the, all the tourist tourist ones. Yeah. yeah. The, the, like, those were there, but now. Chains. Yeah. There was, yeah, back we then, never, there was no, the pizza delight was the only chain and that was a maritime chain, I believe. Right. Uh, they do have chicken delight here, which has the same logo, but I don't Is think that- their pizza is the same. I wonder if that's part of the same franchise. Because I remember, 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 you guys are going to get saying, what kind of names are you guys saying? But Nicolo Robichaud, mm-hmm. hello, Nick. Um, his dad owned a Pizza Delight, I think, or he owned the chain. I, I can't remember what the deal was. But I mean, like, you know, back home, that made you like a celebrity, I guess. Well, hey, if you owned any business back home, you'd pretty much be a celebrity. Yeah, yeah. But pizza light, that's where dad, that's where dad got his pizzas. Those are the best yeah. pizzas ever. The calzones are really good. I'm, I'm sorry. The pizzas here don't match up. <laughs> yeah. There's something, something missing, something missing. Yeah. And the uh, rigatoni. I remember. <laughs> yeah. Cause cows, they had calzones, right? Calzone. 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 Yeah. 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 It's kind of your pizza pop, but you know, way better quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had I had a pizza pop today for the first time in like I don't know how long, 15, 20 years. Now, okay, what flavor? That was cheese. Oh, we cheese. bought them for the kids, right? Thinking they would like them, and the kids hated them. Mm. Now, uh, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Yes. Yeah, same here. Yeah, ham and pineapple. I know a lot of people don't like it, but hey. Some people don't like anchovies under pizza, and some people do. I don't. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> so, know what though? Like, there's a lot of there. Like, there's a lot of like ham and pineapple is okay. Like, I don't mind that as a pizza. But when you use pineapple, you can get like really interesting. Like, you get like a Caribbean style pizza, so it's got pineapple and it's got like some sweet peppers on there, and then it might be like an Alfredo ish, like some sort of white sauce instead of like a tomato sauce. And like though that mix of flavors with the pineapple, just like the pineapple pops everything else, like pops all the flavors. Right. I, I usually get like a tropical chicken pizza or, you know, something Caribbean, you know, might have a little bit of like um, jerk, like jerk flavoring on there. Yeah. Uh, See, chicken. I, chicken I, don't, was mean, never- I don't mean, I don't mean Will Smith flavoring. I mean, like in just jerk chicken, like <laughs> bad joke. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I chicken was never a big thing on a pizza for me. 
And uh, I mean, I, I've seen it and I've had it. And it's like, okay, there's another option. But that was never a real, I mean, dad, every Friday night, it was, you know, you had the Easter mom. I don't know who, who started it. It had the East, you know, rising and whatnot. Then he had his oh, own yeah. pizza dough. Yeah. And then he made it, you know, he greases round pans and then he tucked this thing all in the corner and then he put raw hamburger on it. He oh, put uh, raw bacon on did it. Did he do raw hamburger? And then raw hamburger. And I, re- I, re- I remember that. Yeah, it's, it's, you just take pieces off, put them in little bunches. So then it would uh, just cook like, because he might, he would have to keep it thin, I guess. So it would cook properly because the pizza doesn't cook for very long. Geez, I can't remember how long or what temperature or we, we had it at. Or were we having semi-raw hamburger? No, no, no. The hamburger was uh, like where it kind of stuck up closest to the burner on top. Um, Do you just realize we just said any, that's an East Coast thing. We just did is it? it there. Yeah. Hamburg. Hamburg. Yeah. Here they call it, what do they call it? Ground beef here or something? Well, hamburger. Well, what do you call a hamburger? Can I get a beef burger, please? <laughs> yeah, but the hamburger, I think here the, the hamburger is, the, is, is taking the ground beef, making a patty out of it. That's what they call a hamburger. Mm-hmm. But if it's just like that and it's just cooked in a pan to make like chili or whatever, it's just called ground beef here. But right. we call it Hamburg. Hamburg. Or Hamburg, yeah. Like the country. Hamburg. Hamburg. <laughs> hmm. Okay. But tell me more about this pizza. I'm, I'm salivating here. <laughs> Dad's pizza. Green uh, olives. Green. Yes. Green yes, olives. That was, that was a, now, there was no mushrooms because he didn't like mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he liked onions. So I don't think there was any onions on Did there. Do you like the green peppers or not? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think so. Mom but always, tra- you know what? Mom, that, yes, because mom always tried to sneak the green pepper and she, I think, like she'd like mince it or whatever. Like famous pepper. line every mother in the world, there's stuff in there, but you can't taste it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there, there's a, there's, you, you can't even taste it. You can't even taste it. Okay. Sure. Yeah, you okay, can't whatever. taste it because <laughs> your, your t- taste buds aren't turning against you when you eat it. <laughs> Aunt Rhea, bless her, she uh, used to substitute uh, carobs for for chocolate all the time. It's like, uh, who, who did? Matan Rhea, like our yeah, Matan Rhea, yeah, yeah. Okay. I remember that. Yeah, carobs was was the thing. I don't even yeah. know what the fuck a carob is. What's a fucking carob? It's a carob chip. I don't know. Okay, I was. It, I don't know. I don't think it melts at the same. Or, or it may not I melt at all. Spell it carobs, like C E C A R C A R. It's either UB or IB. Carob. EB? I don't know. Chip. Carob chip. This is how we learn shit. Cheap. Oh, wait. I was trying to get me semi to the Caribbean. I don't think I was spelling it right. Caribbean chip. <laughs> Caribbean ship? Maybe carob, <laughs> like EB. Carob. Oh, carob. Oh, C-A-R-O-B. Carob. Okay, so what is a what is a carob chip? What exactly is carob? Okay, let's see. Oh, is it a plant? Looks like a desiccated penis. Oh, um, carob comes from the pot of a tree of the same name, which is native to the Mediterranean. Sounds expensive to me. 
The rice pods contain a sweet pulp that is dry roasted and then ground into powder. That powder is called carob powder and is sold as is or made into chocolate like chips. Hmm. There you go. I guess they're healthier. Yeah, they would be healthier for you. I'm le- oh, less better, bitter than chocolate and has a roasted naturally sweet flavor. It's less better than chocolate? Is that what you said? It's less bitter. bitter. Oh, bitter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, less, oh, yeah. less better, eh? Yeah, that's more that's bitter. That's what we say back home. It's less better. It's not as good as the other one there. Uh, it's more better than good. More better than good. <laughs> There's a t-shirt. More better than good. Fucking, yeah. fucking write that down. Yeah, with, with thumbs going to it. Yeah, more better than good. Yeah. Yeah, she used to make her chocolate chip cookies, well, carob chip cookies all the time with those. I remember. I ate them. I don't I don't think there was much of a difference. No, I think they're okay. Well, mind you, when you're young and you have a cookie, who cares? Like uh, who, yeah. it looks like it looks like chocolate. It, it, it's that it's like that pizza analogy, right? Like there is there is no bad pizza, it's just pizza, you know. Yeah. It's In, like a, cookie i'm eating a fucking cookie i'm so lucky to have this cookie right now cookies Mm. cookies so anyway so the book going back to the book (laughs) we should we should have called this show fucking tangents (laughs) so uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna read uh, can i read the description of this book so you kind of know what it's about just call it squirrel yeah go ahead is it, this is, I think this, this description here is actually pretty good. This is one on Amazon. Oh, it is available one. Oh, you can read it Kindle though. That's no problem. They have one used and two new. So anyway, in this narrative history and memoir, journalist, musician, and Monctonian, I like that, Monctonian. I like that. Ooh. Jason Murray follows the rise of the band that put the Maritimes on the map. Eric's trip was a band defined as much by its DIY ethos as its lo-fi discordant music. The four piece formed in the early nineties Moncton basement. And in a few short years went from recording themselves on a four track and selling cassettes at local record stores to signing on Seattle's sub pop records, opening for Sonic youth and touring internationally 20 years after the band's breakup, 1996, a distorted revolution is the ultimate nostalgia trip through personal recollections, interviews with band members and others integral to the early 90s scene. This highly anticipated book offers a rare glimpse inside the band's formation, success and ultimate unraveling. So, unraveled. so, so, so here, here's what was unique about this book. And when I read this book, I'm like, fuck, he did it. He fucking nailed it. And I'm going to explain what I, what I mean in a sec here. So, it's, it is autobiographical, right? He's talking about his upbringing in Moncton and Riverview and all that stuff. So that's the part I think you're going to enjoy because he's talking about Moncton. So it's giving a historical, historical perspective of what was going on from uh, unemployment rates. I don't think he's actually seeing what the unemployment rate is, but back home, right? Like it was hard to find work all the time. People were hailing the le, le stamp, you know, they're getting, stamp. they're getting like food stamps <laughs> and stuff like that to survive because you know the, oh, that was, i thought that was uh unemployment uic uic to me vivre yeah d said uh, so yeah there's a band yeah 17, 17, 1755 yeah that, that would have been the, in english yeah 1755 yeah so yeah so the bands that he's talking about is post <laughs> 
that was that that was the band that was the big band growing up that was famous uh, the the french band but yeah 1755 national treasure of the maritimes and huge band internationally too huge in france and europe they did lots of tours i would like to see a book like this about 1755 because i would fucking read it in a second for sure there there probably is one i can't see i can't see there not being one they're they're big enough so so anyway so what he's doing is he's basically telling a story of what things were like economically, um, socially. So it's written almost like a sociology paper in, in, in some regards. So, but more entertaining, it's entertaining. It doesn't feel like a textbook, but he's, he's lacing in his own upbringing, um, you know, stuff with his mom and dad, because, you know, there was, there was stuff going on there and his, his, you know, weird upbringing and how he was always outside of, he, he didn't want to be mainstream ever. That was kind of his thing, which I didn't really know. Like I, I learned a lot from about her cousin reading this book that I had no clue. And it gave me perspective on certain things that growing up, I'm like, that's kind of a weird thing for him to do, or it's a weird thing for him to say. And I'm reading the book and I'm like, okay, now I have context. So he's, he's describing it's autobiographical about how he found music. It's telling the story of how Jason Murray found music. And okay. then, at the same time as the burgeoning punk scene, there was a massive punk scene, but he's also talking about, you probably remember this because you're older than I am, but there was a growing culture of B, like BMX culture and skateboarding and that sort of stuff. Like that was, that was yep. in our era, right? Like when we were there, right? Like how many people had like BMX bikes and they, they built their own endo ramps and stuff like that. Like what, like what's your recollection of that stuff? Well, I had a BMX, and uh, I'd go to I'd go to Gary's because his, his dad had a had the automotive shop, so the parking lot was nice and paved. So we'd uh, make little ramps and stuff, and we we'd do that in the winter time. I mean, this was before snowboards even existed. We'd take you know we'd take um, a toboggan, and we're on top, you know, the overpasses. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's a big long hill that would go down. So you know we, we'd get on the toboggan standing. And go down and then, you know, wipe out type thing. And then we was like, well, that was fun, but let's, you know, kick it up a notch. So then we start making ramps uh, and then trying to ramp with, <laughs> with these, uh, with these toboggans. So yeah, the stand-up toboggans aren't, aren't a thing <laughs> that I know of. No, uh, but I'm it. sure if, if we would have had, yeah, but I'm sure if we would have had uh, uh, snowboards, we definitely would have oh, tried yeah. that out. Well, yeah, that was like, early version of snowboarding <laughs> yeah before it yeah before it you'd hang on the rope like you'd pull the rope you'd stand up pull the rope it was like those toboggans with like the curl at the front oh the there was no rope no there was no rope we didn't use rope Fuck. <laughs> he had oh, one yeah. of the plastic ones it was like an air like how- a big, big thing and then you just kind of stand on it so that it wasn't sturdy to begin with because it was about <laughs> three remotely. inches high yeah it wasn't it wasn't flat against the ground like uh like a wooden toboggan so no yeah super sliders yeah we tried standing up on all those things and uh if i did that now i'm sure i'd break something oh yeah pull pull a muscle or yep <laughs> but it's it's interesting because like that's that's one thing i kind of forgot about back home because like do you remember dennis arsenault or denis arsenault like he had a bmx bike he, it was it was all chromoly i guess his dad had money or something i don't know because i remember wanting one mine was made of pure fucking steel and weighed more than i did the bike i had 
with the banana seat no no not the banana seat one oh, okay <laughs> it was a different one but it was fucking heavy yeah it was the one where the brake if you put the brake backwards if you didn't get it right away because remember you know remember the brakes you go backwards to to break right right not and brakes you had to go back to, to to get it to lock and if you didn't if you if you hiccuped when you did that the brake would, would turn off so you'd have to go another revolution back to hit the brake oh my god maybe you had my bike maybe <laughs> yeah because when you went backwards it wouldn't break but then if you stopped and you give it a a jolt yes i, I don't know if work. it's some type of a centrifugal something centrifugal, and then yeah. and then, uh, and then the brake would kick in yeah yeah and if you missed it you had to do it again yeah that was dangerous that's how i broke my leg was on that fucking bike yeah well i mean you can't you know jam your foot in the spokes and well that wasn't on purpose i was trying i was trying to <laughs> see i was too short for that bike and i was trying to get my feet on the ground to to break myself right but i couldn't reach the ground yeah so i the bike was teetering back and forth and i kept i I'd go in the pedals and then my feet would fall off the pedals and i was trying to get it to stop and then uh i face planted yeah you broke your leg broke my yeah broke oh, it actually broke my foot Multi, you broke a, your few, foot. a few breaks in my foot yeah because remember then, your cast yeah yeah and then i uh i face planted and it tore up my face jeez and, and it knocked all my um it knocked all my fillings out oh but i i didn't it wasn't immediate i think i spit a couple out because i had feel because i had still had some baby teeth at that time so it must have been pretty young jeez I would, I remember eating mashed potatoes and then crunch, like, what the fuck is that? And I spit it out and it's pull out a filling. Days I was pulling out fillings, like they all, they all fell out and had, they all had to get reinserted on my baby. Yeah, that was a, and it broke my foot when my foot, like, cause my feet were dangling to every side. And then eventually my toe went into the spoke. And that's when I headered and then face planted. I remember that impact. I still remember that impact when my, it hit the ground back then they didn't diagnose for concussions but i probably had one like who knows oh probably because i remember right. that was a jarring impact and it went all the way down like i felt it all the way down my spine all the way down my ass when Jeez. my face hit because my face took the full brunt of the because i headered over the top of the bike and it's my face that stopped me stopped that momentum Jeez. yeah yeah that ouch yeah, that was that was that was pretty fucking bad. My face is all scraped up because it was gravel road, I guess. Chip seal. Yeah, and then they were picking my dad was picking the rocks out of my face. Yeah, yeah, I've wiped out a few times on that road with my motorcycle. I was not fun. <laughs> well, I didn't know about that. Oh yeah, well I had uh, remember um, cousin Troy had one of those. Um, they yeah. call it key, keystone uh bikes so basically it's uh that was a good fucking bike it's a motorcycle with a tiller engine with a centrifugal clutch and these big balloon tires you've probably seen them like back in the 70s yep yep so more, uh, more off more uh, not off-road but like it wasn't city driving no it was, no. It was like a dirt bike yeah but that was my own fault i was i was kind of goofing around with it with the uh with the with the choke so I was trying to kill the engine and then let go and it would start up again. Oh. I guess I had it floored, floored and it went, and then when I let the thing go, it revved right up. 
took off out of my hands and I took a tumble and oh yeah, that was, that was quite the, quite the experience. But yeah, chip seal does not, it's like uh, sandpaper, but instead of little tiny pebbles, they're big, big rocks that is stick out. Call, is that what they yeah, call a road? It was, is chip seal? Is that what that's called? I think so. Yeah. Cause they, the, the first round they would put tar on. And then the second round, they put a bunch of rocks mm. and the rocks were all the different, like the red and the blue, the just, I can't remember what type of rock that's called. They don't have them here though. I haven't seen them since I've been from, from home, but uh, yeah, very, very dangerous. Very yeah. dangerous. So you, so did you ever like rip your skin apart on your legs or your arms or anything? Oh, I think, I think we talked about this on one podcast where I had screwed up my, my knee because I landed on my knee oh. and I couldn't move my leg. And yeah. dad, dad thought I was faking. It was like, no way. No. Like I can't, you know, I had a hard time moving it. So. Do you remember what knee it was? Uh, no. Like, do, you, do you have lingering issues with one knee? No, no, no. I think I was, I was still, well, I mean, I was still growing at that point. So. But luckily, uh, nothing ever came of it later on that I'm that I know of. Wow, yeah, that's which impressive. Is, which is lucky. Because I, I do. I should. I shattered my kneecap in gym oh. class playing dodgeball. Oh, like I don't know if you remember that. Well, I don't no. know if shattered, but Dad took me to the, like I couldn't walk. Right. That I I don't remember it too well because I, I don't know what grade it was like grade four or th- three four or something. Then dad took me to the doctor and they said, okay, well, if we put your, this is all I remember. And when you're, when you're that old, some of the details are probably a little fuzzy, right? Right. Like what you remember as a kid and they're giving, they're throwing technical terms at you and you don't understand what the fuck they're saying. But my understanding was because it was, a, it was one of the jocks. Like I was about to catch playing dodgeball. I remember if you catch a ball, you bring somebody back on your yeah. side, right? Right. So I was the nerd, the geek, whatever. And it was, there was two of us left on our team and it was me and like one of the jocks. I don't remember which jock it was. It was just the two of us and someone was going to knock me out and then they're all going to concentrate on the jock to knock him out. So they threw it at me. Right. I caught the fucking ball. Right. I jumped up. I did a little hop. It was actually probably my best like athletic ever. <laughs> <laughs> in my entire life because I was a chubby kid and definitely wasn't fit and I had the asthma and all that stuff. But I jumped up, caught the fucking ball. So I was up in the air, caught the ball. Right. And this jock was like, you ain't fucking stealing my my moment here. So he 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 tackled me and he landed on top of me. And my, it was my knee that hit the ground first. So but I, I never let go of that fucking ball. Wow. So anyway, I landed on my knee and then uh, dad took me to the doctor. Right. He said, look, if we took an x-ray right now, we'd see your kneecap and it would look like a ball of like shattered bone fragments. Like, oh, like a spider. Like, I don't know. My understanding was like, it was just shattered into like, you know, hundred pieces or whatever. Right. The kneecap itself. They said, so they, my understanding was if they operated, nothing would happen. They said it, it's for some reason it's still there, it's still floating because your kneecap floats, right? Right. It's not going to hinder you. 
but you're just going to have like a, a bump that sticks out of your, out of your knee. Like your kneecap is going to stick out more. Oh, if you actually look at my knees, my right kneecap actually sticks out more. It's got like, it's a little, it's bumpy. Cause it, it, so when, when it heals, cause it, it refuses scar tissue. Better. Yeah. It refuses, but it's, it's not like a kneecaps kind of flattish, right? Flat round. Right. But mine is like humped. So, yeah. Wow. So like, I can't, like, I can't kneel down because one kneecap is, you know, the right way. Right. And right. the kneecap is rounded. So like I, when I, when I kneel down, I'm always kneeling, favoring the one that's not bumpy because I can't kneel flat on the other side. Right. Oh, that jock showed me though. He yeah. The point. I'm not going to steal his thunder, <laughs> but I remember that game. Cause I caught the ball, brought somebody back and then right. we ended up. So we were down to two people and I don't know, like five, six people on the other side. We brought all our team back and we just annihilated the other team. So I was, you know, I was the, I ended up being a catalyst. Like, Oh my God, the nerd actually saved us here. What the hell? <laughs> Something, I don't know. But whatever. So, so the guy from the other team tackled you or the guy from your no, team? No, no. From my own fucking team. You're not going to catch the ball. He wanted me to go out. He wanted me to take the hit and go out. And he wanted to be the, the, the hero. Oh, he wanted to catch the ball. Right. And I'm like, but I was like, this is like, this is, this is, this is what, what school is like, right. When we're growing up, this is what yep. school is like. I'm like, here's my moment where it's me and a jock. And if I make this catch, all of a sudden I'm, I'm not so uncool. I, I've gone up a couple of ranks yeah, this McGinnity kid's all right. Because I don't know, I don't know what it was like for you, but I used to get made fun of in school because I was the English kid, right? In a French school. I don't know if that ever happened with you, but oh yeah. Yeah. Very, very first day of my very first uh, grade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh well, because we didn't speak French, really. And then uh, going into school, and the teacher was uh, asking me questions or something. I just kind of looked at, I didn't understand a word and forever. She'd be, she'd grab my earlobe. Oh, told me, you know, there was myself and Joel Cassidy. Oh, Joel Cassidy. Yeah. Yeah. Neither one of us, I don't think spoke French. So, and a lot of times people get us mixed up. I mean, we worked at the co-op together. People would mix us up for some odd reason. Oh my God. That's right. Yeah. You worked with, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but for, for me, see, for me, sports was was my thing. That was my thing yeah. in in school. So I, that wasn't. I mean, books that I couldn't. See, it was kind of opposite opposite ends of the spectrum. You yeah, you had were opposite, yeah. Yeah, you had the book stuff. I just I just I learned by doing the book stuff. Is like, oh, geez, again, <laughs> it's like, yeah, just just too too crazy. But yeah, I was I was I don't know if I was failing, Jim, but I I, I know I didn't have a great grade. That's for sure. But that was like, that was my one moment, that fucking game. That was like, that was the moment where, you know what? I might actually be able to stand up for myself and have a good showing for myself. Right. You know, and it was like, oh my God, I'm going to, I caught the ball and I'm like, I caught the ball. I'm going to bring another guy back and I get to pick, I can't remember how that works, how dodgeball works, but the person I was going to bring back was going to be, you know, a key player. Right. And it was all me. Like I did it. Like I'm the guy that brought like. You know, we went from, you know, down to two guys to being up to three people. And then, you know, after that, there was a flurry. And for some reason, I, I got my confidence. And this guy didn't want me to have it. Hmm. 
You know, it's like, fuck, like, I, I don't know. That's <laughs> fucking typical school. Well, that's, that's kids for you. They're, they're not very, um, yeah, it, it's a different, it was a different time. I'm, I'm remembering, I think, because I think that was grade three. Because in grade, f- wait, no, no, that was grade four. Because in grade, wait. So you were nine. I guess so. Because there was a there was a time you and I were at the same school together. Were we at Budro together? Was Budro three grades? No, I think it was only two. I think. I I like I'm I'm blanking. Oh, what was the first one called? Uh, SAM? No, 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 Central. no, no, Central. no, 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 grade one through three was Central. I think so. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, and then from there it was Budro. Yeah. And then from there was SAM. AM, yeah. And Sacre then from there, Sacre Coeur de Mari or something. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And then from there was LGR. Mm. But there was a period where you and I were in the same school because my bullying, I don't know how, if you know how much of the bullying that I got, but it was pretty bad. And I was embarrassed to tell dad because, you know, with dad, like, like, fucking punch the guy in the fucking face. You know, that's what he'd say, right? You know? Yeah, so, pretty much. Yeah. But it was in grade four, grade five, I think. We were in the same school. I thought. I mean, SAM was the one just before high school. So it went maybe from. It was, yeah, from, SAM, we would have been in the same school. It, so eight. So it was like five to eight or something like that. It was like one, two, three well, at Central. And I thought it was four. Or was it one, just two, one three, grade? Four, five. It was six through eight. Yeah, I think you're right. Six through eight. That was the school we were at the same school. Because when I went into grade six, you would have been in grade nine, right? Or eight, I mean. Yeah, it would have been my last year yeah, there, yeah. Because I remember, because I was picked on. I was picked on a lot at the first school, grades one to three. Because mm-hmm. I was fat. Whatever. And then grades four to five, it wasn't so bad because I because unfortunately a lot of the bullies never made it to grade four they you know missed grades and they got stuck back and a lot of those bullies didn't keep up with us with mm-hmm. me and grade four and five were great that's when i was making comic books with dennis and nicholas and all those guys and richard and stuff right and then in grade and then there, i guess it was a little bit of bullying but when we were at sam together and they saw that you were my brother you know you were six foot whatever Right. The bullying just just flat out stopped. But oh. there, but there was one incident. It was SAM for sure, because I remember this. I think the name's guy's name was Galu or Bibit. I can't remember. Bibit sounds familiar. Yeah, Bibit was one of the <laughs> what a what a fucking unscary name though. Bibit <laughs> is a French name for bug, right? Uh, okay. All I remember is this. This one guy who could do a catwalk with his BMX for oh. about a mile. <laughs> that did it? I don't know. So anyway, so this guy challenged me, right? Like this guy every day, this is what this guy did. Again, I don't remember what the guy's nickname was, but every day what he would do, he'd go, he, 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 he'd pick like four or five kids and he would go up to them and, he, and all those guys wore steel toe boots because that's all they could afford. But then... The button, yeah, and he would go and kick people with his steel toe boots. Grebs, were they Grebs? Maybe 
trying to remember now what the brand was. Yeah, they were ribs. like kind of brown tan. Yep. Oh yeah. And half the time the the toe was already worn out, so you could see the steel underneath. Yeah. Great when you had ice and you wanted to slide. Oh yeah, those are fucking. Oh yeah, they're they're just like plastic soles. You just. <laughs> they were probably their dad's, you know, second or third hand boots, right? Yeah. You know, they're probably so anyway. So this this kid, and he'd always have like two or three guys with him. So he would go up to he'd pick that kid looks like I can intimidate him. I can intimidate him. So he'd pick his kids and he would kick them and see if any of them reacted. So this went on for like, I don't know, a week or two or whatever the hell it was. And he kicked me every day, give me a good swift kick to the shins or, you know, and I wouldn't say anything because I didn't want it. Like there was three of them and one of me Mm -hmm. and he would do that to a, a select number of kids. And then he would come back around the next day do the same fucking thing and just like kind of look at you like you're going to do something about it you're going to do something about it and he did this like i don't know how many kids like three three to five kids say every fucking right. day or every other day and you're always waiting and then you'd always hide because you're like oh maybe he won't find me today you know you try to at recess you're trying to find a place to <laughs> you know yeah that sucks the so one day i like i had enough i, I think I actually had a talk with dad and dad's like I didn't, I didn't tell dad what happened. Cause dad would get pissed off because he was protective of us. Right. But dad said, you know, next time somebody comes up to you, you fucking give it right back. So I said, okay, today's the day. Today's the day. He came up to me. Yeah. And he kicked and I caught his foot and held yeah. on to it. And he right. was popping to one foot, like trying to like losing his balance. And then I fucking lifted the foot up and he fell back on his ass and his back. Right. And it fucking embarrassed him because he fell in water or mud or whatever the fuck it was. In front of everybody. <laughs> in front of their, in front of his goons, right? His goon squad. Right. And then he stood up and he's like, in French, he said, you're fucking dead. You're fucking dead. After school, three o'clock or whatever the time the buses <laughs> arrive. You and me, I'm going to fucking knock your teeth out, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, and then I'm like, just remembering dad, like, okay, you stand up for yourself. And if you stand up for yourself half the time, that's all you got to do. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll be there. And, you know, in my English accent in a French school, right? We right. spoke French. We were English kids in a French school. And I'm like, yeah, I will, uh, in French, I will get you there. You know, like I'm trying to, I, I'm the accent <laughs> wrong, but the reverse of what you'd hear a French accent, I guess. Right. Um, we, uh, I, je, je, veux, je veux to fight it after school, you know, like whatever it was. Yeah, and I and I and I I accepted the challenge. So then all day, and then classic looking at the clock. Fuck, I got to do this now. And there's like remind, three of them. And there's one of me. It's like all those high school shows. Yeah, yeah, I told. Totally. Yeah, oh, gonna get you after by the monkey bars. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. So there yeah. I was. I went, and you know what? I made sure. I'm like, you know what? I made sure I was early, and I waited, and I waited, and he was late. And then the buses started showing up right at like a 10, I don't know, 10, 15 minute window between right. the, the engagement date and going on the bus. And I'm like, I'm not missing this. And I was fucking terrified. Like I felt like throwing up and everything. And I waited and I waited and he finally, he showed up and he saw me. Yeah. And I just kind of puffed up my chest a little bit. And he looked at me, looked at the bus and looked at me and he looked at the bus and he fucking turned around and ran. Wow. And he never bugged me again. Yeah. 
And I'm like, oh, that's all it took. <laughs> so the moral of the story is stand up for yourself. Yeah, stand up for yourself. Yeah. What do you get to lose? Yeah. Hmm. And right read on. Jason's book. <laughs> read Jason's book. <laughs> There's yeah. a circular. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the book's the book's good. To, like I think you'd like it because it, it we we forgot so much about Moncton and what was going on in Moncton in the area and all the different parts of town. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, Riverview. And then he's explaining like the economic, like this is the rich part of town, this is the poorer part of town, this is the blue collar part of town. And he's explaining all these different regions of Moncton. See, I didn't know that they they had different regions. Like, I guess it's I like no either. Like, it's like when someone says, "Oh, you're you live on the wrong side of the track." Well, what does that mean? That means okay, well, you live at this part of the city. Once you cross this landmark you're on yeah the other yeah, side. yeah. So i did i didn't realize that moncton had that jason the other day jason chapman he used to say in moncton because i think he lived in, i think he lived in riverview yeah i think he lived in riverview and he said oh we used to call the the poor people or whatever right. like we used to call them the crickers because they live by the crick the creek the crick they live by the crick we used to call them crickers but 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 he i remember jason chapman the other jason telling me about this and then reading about the crickers in the book in jason jason murray our cousin's book and he's talking about we used to wear the plaid because it was warm and because of this da, 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 da. and <laughs> that's why we wore this stuff and and just explaining even why the people dressed the way they dressed plaid was the i guess the, the thing of choice i guess yeah because it was to wear. it was inexpensive right inexpensive and warm and you had to wear layers because it was it was humid fucking cold there it wasn't cold well, like here it's humid cold well we didn't even have plaid we didn't have plaid no we couldn't afford plaid <laughs> Moncton, it was i don't know <laughs> we shopped at the co-op but did you know there was a fucking music scene in moncton a what a music scene in moncton in the 90s in the 90s like well there was 95 like a huge music scene the only scene that I recall was the Cosmo, which I was too young at the time to go to, uh, but everyone else, because I was younger than everyone else. So I, I had kind of lost a year. So by the time I left New Brunswick, I mean, I was just, I was just turning 19 when I moved here. So I, I missed a whole year oh. here uh, and everyone had, had was, gone out. But there was this, like, cause you, we have older cousins that were slightly, slightly older than you. Yeah. And they were going out the cosmo and all these places all the time so was there a scene that you were aware of music as in bands yeah i'm not sure but the band scene uh i know that there was a place in shittyak something or something but i think mom said that uh, they used to play there back in their younger days oh yeah their younger days yes 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 that's right i think it was maybe it was the downtown maybe yeah I think that's what it was. But I think after we left, I think, well, obviously after we left, like in the, in the, I think this is the mid nineties, I think. So it's 20 years ago, 1996. So 1996, Eric's trip. So the band that he's talking about, he knew a lot of these guys because they're all skate punks, right? Like they're all, they were listening to black flag and, and, and all that stuff. They're listening to the punk, the emerging punk scene that was happening in, in Washington, DC and all this stuff. Right. Back then, you couldn't. They had they go to Sound a Record Man, and they had a guy there that was bringing stuff in, and and he was one of the guys in the Eric's trip band, 
So Eric's trip, you know, they, they kind of sound like Sonic Youth a little bit. They're kind of grungy, I guess. And then um, they got signed with Sub Pop. Sub Pop, which is the, the label that, that saw Soundgarden, Nirvana, Screaming Trees, like all those big grunge bands of the 90s. Right. They started looking elsewhere, looking for other scenes or other pockets of bands like that. And they came to Moncton. They fucking signed these guys. Eric Strip from fucking Moncton. But hearing Uh-oh. Jason t- talk about the scene, it's like, holy shit. Like, we moved away too early because we could have been enjoying the scene and enjoying the music that was coming out. So now I want to find, like, hopefully somebody could, you know, reach out to the show and, 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 and let us know. But I want to find all these bands. And the good thing about this book is he highlights every fucking band that was happening at the time. Every single one. Like, he's not just, this is just a book about Eric Strip. It's about the scene, the bands at the time, who was performing, where they were performing, what, you know, what venues they were doing. But it's cool. Like, like you weren't aware of that scene, were you? No, no, not at all. So it's interesting because it's like, oh my God, you could, you're mentioning Riverview. You're mentoring, you know, mentioning all these places that we, that we know about mm-hmm. and talking about it being a burgeoning music scene. You're like, holy fuck. Like, how do we not know this? Like, so it's good from a geographical and historical perspective of the time. Right. Because you and I, like we left in 87 and we lost track of what was going on there. Yeah. I mean, I went back to visit. I think every year for about three or four years yep. after that for the summer, but it wasn't, I mean, we, we go to Halifax and we go to the bars, but we, we didn't, I don't think there was any bands that I recall. Cause it was more of a, so that would have know, been the, the term eight, bar hopping 86 <laughs> to like early nineties, probably. Right. Yeah. 89 period. 88, 89, 90. That, it sounds like this scene was happening just after that. Yeah, happened so. just after that because they talk about Sloan. You've heard of the band Sloan, right? Yep. So Sloan is heavily included in here because Sloan was like the first band to break, and then Eric's trip, and then there was a band called the Monoxides. Because I remember seeing the Monoxides on Much Music, and I'm like, Monoxides from Moncton, New Brunswick. I'm like, what the fuck? I've heard the name, yeah. But they but they got signed to BMG. These guys. Wow. Wow. I, I found I remember I found the CD in a store and I bought two copies. It was one of those like I'm gonna I'm not gonna find this again. So I bought two copies. <laughs> and all the songs are fun too. It's like uh little bit of rosy. Um there's something about the instead of a lot of rosy. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of rosy. <laughs> they have a song uh, something you can only with, handle a little bit of her. <laughs> there's a song about a Dickie D driver. The Dicky D, remember the Dicky D little ice cream thing? Yeah, chingy chingy ching. Oh, little song about the Dicky D driver. You work for Dicky D <laughs> or whatever. But it's like these guys are big and like fucking look at Sloan, man. Sloan is huge. Yeah. How many? Like they're one of those Canadian bands, right? There's like the bands that have like you know like up upwards of, upwards of ten hits that are always always played on the radio. Right. And Sloan was part of that. They, I mean, they were in Halifax, but they're part of the maritime explosion, right? Right. And there was like, I don't know if it was a bidding war for Sloan, but he, they talk about, Jason talks about it in the book. Yeah, these guys are a little more polished. Oh, yeah, they're very polished. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're not like the other band. It doesn't matter where you're from, but it, it matters on the... Yeah, like when they mix the music and their harmonies and stuff, they're pretty, pretty, 
pretty bang on. Cool. All right. Okay. I guess we should sign off and my kids have been up. It's pretty late. <laughs> Okie dokie. All right. So, um, yeah, you can find us at, where do we find us, Todd? At uh, seanmcginnerty.ca. And on all that's, social media. Oh, wait. Go, no, sorry. That's uh, S-E-A-N-M-C-G-I-N-I-T-Y. And all social media at Sean Geek Podcast. One word. Twitter, Facebook, Reddit. Etc. 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 We're on all those things. All right. Wow. We'll see you on the flip side. All right. Fans of the Sean Geek Podcast, this is the Core Geek talking at you. Did you know that the Sean Geek Podcast has merch available? That's right. Head on over to SeanMcGinnity.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. You'll be taken to the Sean Geek Podcast store on T Public where you can find the Sean Geek Podcast logo on t-shirts, totes, masks, and more. And best of all, a portion of the sales goes to help support the podcast and allow Sean and Todd to keep bringing great content your way. Once again, go to seanmcginnity.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. And while you're there, don't forget to download the latest episode.